Hi, Court. And hello, Bee Critics fam. Welcome to another episode of the Bee Critics podcast. The Harry Potter era continues with the fifth installment of the Harry Potter movies. Yes, and we're also in our growth era, so you can help us by helping others find the pod, share the pod with a friend, leave us a rating or review on your favorite streaming platform, and don't forget to follow, subscribe on all the things so you don't miss our episodes. Mm -hmm. You can also follow us on social media. We're on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and of course, YouTube at Be Critics Podcast. Be sure to hit that subscribe button and follow our Instagram for all the best movie content. Yep. So enough of the boring stuff. I think it's time to to get into Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. So let's do a quick check-in on the Bee Critics Hogwarts House Tournament. I'll run through the standings real quick. So we've got in fourth place, Ravenclaw with 95 points. In third place, Slytherin with 110 points. In second place, Gryffindor with 190 points. And in first place, Hufflepuff with 215 I still don't understand how the Hufflepuff just remains leagues above. So rigged. Uh, It's rigged, but that's okay. You know, it is what it is. Um, As a reminder, you can earn points for your house by commenting on this episode on YouTube and telling us what house you're in. Yes. Leave some comments. All right. You can comment on like every one of our Harry Potter episodes. So, but only do it one time. Only once. (laughs) Don't do it twice. We'll know you're cheating. And we'll okay. take points away from your house. Yes. <laughs> Our guest critic for this episode is Lee. Hi, Lee. Welcome to the Bee Critics Podcast. Hey, guys. How you going? <laughs> going good. good. <laughs> How are you? Going great. Happy to be here. Yeah. Ah, I guess it's a good morning on. to you. You're all the way on the other side <laughs> yeah. of the world. Yeah. <laughs> kind of crazy. Yeah. Stay in front. If you'd like to know how the weather is or how everything's going, I can tell you that. Sunshine. There we go. Honestly, it's been beautiful here, so I don't think I need any weather forecast from elsewhere. I'm just <laughs> in the East Yeah, Coast. we have really nice weather right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm jealous. It's just raining here. Well, we are going to give you the opportunity here to tell our audience a little bit about who you are how you're related to the movie industry, and then give us a little bit more information about Light's camera rant. Of course. Uh, well, I'm Zlee, um, and my podcast is called Light's Camera Rant, and we're ranting, raving, and reviewing about all the latest in movies, TV shows, and video games. Uh, it was kind of born out of COVID lockdown when we couldn't go anywhere, and I was like, all I could do was either watch movies and drink, so I thought I'll finally start a <laughs> podcast. Uh and uh, just this past week, we hit eight episode 126. Wow. Um, <laughs> and I've always had a passion for movies and film. I, I'm one of those people that loved Jurassic Park, Back to the Future, Ghostbusters, yeah. and it just <laughs> grew into a giant fandom. And I thought, you know what, I, I should talk about this. I'm sure there's more people that will have the same opinions and... I thought podcast was the most easiest thing to do, and I thought I'd start that, and here we are. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Love Jurassic Park. So glad you said that. That's in my letterbox mm-hmm. top four. We did an episode on that. it early on, too. <laughs> and then also love drinking beer and talking about movies. So <laughs> we'll get along. That's a dream. I think my first 50 <laughs> yeah. episodes without video were all, I don't think I'm sober for one of them. 
<laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> okay, so before we start getting into the movie, because we're talking about Harry Potter, we have some specific Harry Potter-related questions to help our audience get a better understanding of who you are as a wizard. So first off, we need to know, are you a longtime supporter of the Harry Potter series? Like, what is your relationship to HP? I, with Harry Potter, I read the first book uh, when okay. during through primary school. I read that. And then I didn't read the rest of the books. But then I got, when that first movie came out, I got so, like, I got amazed by it. Because it was, it was magical. It was sci-fi. It was adventure all in all in one and from that first movie opening week every single one of them all the way through um maybe not so much the fantastic beasts but kept watching (laughs) yeah uh kept watching every single one and then uh in 2018 made sure that when me and my friends were over to america that we went to hogwarts we went to harry potter world which we loved You know, four guys all you know, four guys all having butterbeers and buying ones. You know, anyone think we were <laughs> mm-hmm. a different cup, co- different kind of group of guys, but uh, loved it. And um, even my partner, she uh, she loves Harry Potter, and it's the only franchise that she'll put on every single time and do a rewatch. That's so fun. We love that. <laughs> yeah. So um, you haven't read this book though. No, I only read the first one. Okay. Mm. Okay, interesting. Courtney's like a Harry Potter mega fan. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, you'll know by the end of this for sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of those things. It's like, tell me you're a Harry Potter mega fan without telling me you're a Harry Potter mega fan. You know. <laughs> yeah. Just tell me. Uh, what do you think of the Fantastic Beasts? Oh, trash. Keep <laughs> <laughs> that away from me. <laughs> Yeah. All right. So the next question that we have for you, Lee, is potentially the most important question we're going to ask you on this episode. And that Mm -hmm. is, what is your Hogwarts house? Gryffindor. Just like everybody, it's Gryffindor. However, uh, playing Hogwarts Legacy, I did after I completed uh, Gryffindor, I went and did Slytherin. Okay. Well, you have to pick one. Yeah. Which matters? Gryffindor. 100% 100% Gryffindor. Okay. Okay. Yes. I'm also a Gryffindor, as you can tell by my I can robes. tell. Yeah. <laughs> I feel underdressed. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. These are like the cheapest robes we could find. So literally wrinkling. <laughs> so at Hogwarts, you are permitted one um, pet, either a cat, an owl, or a toad. So which animal friend would you have at Hogwarts? I would have a cat. I'll change my mind. I'll have a cat because <laughs> they live long and uh, everyone loves a cat. That's true. Yeah, good choice. I keep Listen, like I'm... waiting for someone to select the toad. <laughs> Nobody does. Yeah, I'm curious will. if everyone does. <laughs> I think the most popular one so far someone. has been an owl. So yeah. we're happy that you picked a cat because I think we, we would love cats. Pick a cat. Yeah. 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 Perfect. But yeah, I think if you had to go with toad and toad and a cat, mm-hmm. I'm like, well, you're gonna go with the cat. The toad's you just like the to. funny option. Like, yeah. 
you pick a toad knowing that it's like the most impractical pet you could ever have, but it's kind of funny. So (laughs) (laughs) I feel like it's like for the parents that are like, I don't think you're ready for a pet. Let me get you this toad. Here's your pet rock. Take take good care of it. (laughs) Exactly. All right. So last question before we really start talking about the movie. Um, who would your magical mentor be? Like any, pretty much any adult in the series. Um, I think Lupin. Yeah, uh, we love Lupin. I would beautiful I'd... answer. <laughs> <laughs> That's also my magical mentor. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I guess you could. People would pick Dumbledore or um, Snape, but no, I think um, Lupin was. Lupin's probably one of the characters I really did like in the mm-hmm. franchise. He was only, you know, obviously until the end, he was only trying to do his best. And uh, I think he'd be fun to have as a mentor. Yeah, oh, sure. Totally sure. agree. He's like the most like fatherly figure person, I think, for Harry too. Yeah. And like truly fatherly. Um, so I think that gives yeah. him some points. Especially not Dumbledore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So Lee... It is time to introduce the movie, and would you like the honors? More than happy to. So obviously the one we're, so the one we're doing is Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. With their warning about Lord Voldemort's return scoffed at, Harry and Dumbledore are targeted by the wizard authorities as an authoritarian bureaucrat sells his power to Hogwarts. And I have not watched this in a long time since you guys told me to watch this i like i didn't realize how long and still boggles me now of when this came out oh I yeah i feel old yes yes i do too like going yeah, back to these the first old. one came out in like 2002 and we're yeah. like uh, uh. <laughs> really like, i remember going to the theater when this came out like yeah. so well, old mm-hmm. When they had the Harry Potter uh, Harry Potter 20th anniversary special, I'm like, how old am I? When did this come out? <laughs> 20th anniversary. Oh, no. It's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> so in Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix, Harry Potter is returning to Hogwarts for his fifth year. But again, he's having to fight his way there starting with a trial to determine his expulsion status. When he is acquitted and permitted to return to school, Dolores Umbridge has been named Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher and slowly begins to take over the entire school. She instates ridiculous rules, inflicts cruel and unusual punishments on the students, and refuses to teach them magic of any kind. Harry, Ron, and Hermione take matters into their own hands by forming Dumbledore's army and thwarting the next moves of Voldemort and his Death Eaters. Of course, things don't go to plan, and the group of students are saved by the Order of the Phoenix, but not without losing one of the most important and devoted members, Sirius Black. In the end, Harry is able to overcome Voldemort's efforts to invade his mind and realizes he has so much worth fighting for. (laughs) (laughs) So this movie is two hours and 18 minutes long. The shortest. Mm -hmm. It's one of the shorter ones. Mm. Oh, it's the shortest. Mm -hmm. Wow, okay. Came out in 2007 with mm-hmm. a $150 million <laughs> budget. So the budget's yeah. jacking up a little bit, probably because mm. of the additional mm-hmm. uh, CG. CGI. Mm-hmm. And then it box office, $942 million. So that's pretty high for the series. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it's the top. I think the first one is still higher than that, but pretty good. 
And then this is our first movie with David Yates, who finishes out the rest of the films. And I also think does Fantastic Beasts, too. Is that right? I I have no idea. I think he does. Courtney's just like saying things without having actually looked at anything. <laughs> no, I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure I read that. I'm I have no sure. idea. Literally, but you are. You. you are correct. Yep, he did Fantastic Beasts uh, and Fantastic Beasts: uh, Crimes of Grindelwald and oh. Secrets of Dumbledore. So he's kept wow. going the whole time. Who's in for the long haul? Yeah, except I'm he just kept going that way. Things without any factual. <laughs> yeah. I'm taking ten points from Hufflepuff for that. <laughs> That what? Salt. <laughs> yeah. Except it's going that way since this. <laughs> um, so we got a score by Nicholas Hooper. So a different score again. Uh, sadly, I loved the intro theme music. Mm. I think in Goblet of Fire, it's not as good, but then it gets better in this one. It. Uh, I. I. I would agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's it's good. I would agree it's better than Goblet of Fire. And I think it has some moments that are really good because this movie has some really, really emotional moments. And I feel mm. it in those moments. But I think it's hard to top John Williams. Yeah, it oh, is. It, it always, it, he's the standard barrier. Nothing can go higher than him. Mm-hmm. I know. Uh, and then when you look, like, I, when you look at everything he's done, it's like a mile long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but no, I was, I was just going to say, I'm really glad that they did keep the same director for the uh, future films because you can tell from all the rest of the films all the way to the end that it's got that kind of same direction all the way through. I'm glad they didn't keep chopping and changing because, you know, you, yeah. it is multiple franchises that you can look back on and you can clearly tell Probably the biggest one I'd say is the last Star Wars sequel trilogy. You can clearly tell the different director has harmed the films. Yeah, and we'll talk some about that too. Like, I think there's some plot decisions that have to be made, and they have to be made partly because there's so much plot to fit in, but also because of decisions that previous directors have made. That David Yates doesn't really have the mm. option to like go back and recreate the past. He has to kind of move forward with what he has. Mm. And and we've been doing that too on Harry Potter. We've had Chris Columbus as the first two, and then mm-hmm. we had two subsequent directors, Alfonso Crone and Mike Newell for um, Azkaban and the Goblet of Fire, and now we have a new director again. So this is the mm-hmm. fourth film in a row where we get a new director, and it's good that at least, not that I'm like the biggest David Yates fan ever, but that it's consistent for the rest of the films. Yeah. <laughs> I could not tell you another David Yates film. I can tell that right now. <laughs> but no, I I agree. Oh, he directed Tarzan. Yep. Yeah, he's known for like action movies, which I think we'll talk about. It's very evident in this movie that action mm. is his strong suit. And so this movie, we get a bunch of new cast members again. Yeah. And just to name a few, we've got Imelda Stoughton, who plays Professor Umbridge. Natalia Tenna, who's Tonks, George Harris, who's Kingsley, Ivana Lynch, who plays Luna, and then Helena Bonham Carter, who is Bellatrix Lestrange. They continue Correct. to like pick the perfect people. They do for these roles. Like yeah, everyone's cast really so do. well. Especially Helena Bonham Carter. She is like 
the best casting, one of the best castings mm. in the film series, in this entire series, to be honest. You know, she wasn't originally cast for this role. No, that's right. So that's crazy. Originally, it was she was supposed to be portrayed by Helen McCrory, who mm. actually goes on to play Narcissa Malfoy. Oh, but okay. she she got pregnant um, and was like pregnant like during filming and couldn't do the stunts, and so they replaced her mm. with Helena Bonham Carter. I feel at least like she still got she, in. At least she still got in. Yeah, yeah. I feel like she could have been good as that role, also. Mm-hmm. But I, mean, I can't imagine anyone else being Bellatrix. She did yeah. such a good job, especially the yeah. laugh. The laugh. Yeah, I oh don't. my god, the laugh is awful. Yeah, it's I good, don't... but it like it makes you cringe. You're like, mm. she's yucky. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Someone standing over your grave. You're like, oh. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And did she yeah, ever she... make her appearance in this film? Quite notable. Yes. Yeah, she did. But yeah, the first thing you get is her laugh. Yeah. And she's acting like a crazy person. Yeah, no, she's no nutty. different to the rest of the films that she's usually in. Yeah, yeah it is very similar <laughs> to like what she normally plays. Yeah. Okay, so let's get into the movie. This is the longest book in the entire series. It's 766 pages, and it's the shortest movie in the series at two hours and 18 minutes, which I think is mm-hmm. really interesting. Um, mm. So... This movie has a lot of action, a ton of action, Mm. but it um, reduces the story and it has to, right? Like there's a ton of plot, but Mm. we get an original screenplay by Michael Goldenberg. But the action in this movie is definitely its strong suit, I think. Right up. Mm Mm-hmm. I always enjoy when a movie like shows you versus telling you what's going on. Mm -hmm. And I think with this one specifically, if they had had much more dialogue than they they had in it, it could have easily, easily, easily gotten like into the boring territory where you're kind of sitting there like yawning, like what, like, yeah, should I go to sleep? Should I even finish this movie kind of thing? Some scenes or some some movies don't need that much exposition, like just. Mm -hmm. Just go do it or just, you know, as long as you know what's semi-happening with the cast, you don't need to say, oh, we're all going to go do this, 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 and this, and this. Like, no, just mm-hmm. go do it. We don't yeah. need to know every little plot detail. Yeah, interesting that you all say that. So we have a, I have a little section here about the plot cuts. So Ooh. there's a lot of plot cuts. And what's interesting is, like, I have learned – that you have to appreciate the Harry Potter movies as a totally separate experience from the books in order to enjoy them because there's no way that they're the same. Um, and in some cases, like, they they make changes for the better, actually. Mm. And we'll talk about that in a second. But I wanted to just list out a few of the major cuts from the book and then just like get them out of the way. And that way I can like have said my piece and I can like experience this recording just accepting that they're different. <laughs> so um, I have five things listed here that are like pretty significantly different from the movie or cut from the movie. So one is the plot line around Percy. 
So Percy's not in this film, really, he is, but like Mm -hmm. they don't explain it at all. So that's confusing. And I think that that adds a lot of depth to the Weasley family that's like not in the movie. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. They, Ron and Hermione actually become prefects this year and they don't show that at all, which I think is interesting. Hmm. That would have been interesting to include. Like it would have made more sense why they were like Harry's right hand man's. Yeah. 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 Building Dumbledore's army. Yeah. And it would have added to like the that plot line that they added where like Harry and Hermione Harry and like Harry is like kind of at odds with Ron and Hermione for a little bit. And like it would have explained that more because he was kind of like, What the fuck? Like, why are y'all prefects and I'm not? kind of thing. I want to be a prefect. I know. He had enough um, on his plate. He did not need that. No. They <laughs> they also cut Quidditch entirely from this film, which I think is okay because I think that that would have just been like a lot. Um, but it is kind of sad because like Ron and Ginny joined the Quidditch team this year and there's like this whole like plot line where the Slytherins make up this song called Weasley is Our King and they sing it because – um ron plays the keeper and they're like weasley's our king because he's letting in all the goals that we're scoring against him kind of thing and it's just kind of like funny (laughs) so yeah it gets like shit on left and right it's awful yeah Yeah, at least (laughs) least to mention it just be like oh by the way there was you know we just we just came back from quidge or something like that yeah yeah but just say mm mm-hmm and like Dolores, she actually bans Harry, Fred, and George from Quidditch this year in school because they get in a fight with Malfoy. And so like that would have been funny. But it's just like one of those things like they kind of have to cut it because it's like a huge like plot line that is just kind of unnecessary to the base plot of the movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One thing that I really – yeah. One thing that I really wish they hadn't cut is the house elves. So Dobby is supposed to have a really big role in this movie as well. And he doesn't. He's not in it at all. Um, He's actually the one that finds the room of requirement. And they give that to Neville. And then the last. Yeah, I know. Isn't that interesting? And then also, I mentioned this before, I think. But Hermione starts this organization called Spew where she's like into freeing elves and she puts, she starts putting like hats around the common room trying to get, and she covers them up with trash and she tries to get the elves to like pick them up and free themselves. But they like don't fall for it, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah, I can see why that was cut la- out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 100%. I can see why that was cut out. Yeah. And then the last bit is they changed a lot about what happens at the Department of Mysteries in the end. Um, They change, like, they kind of cut out, like, a lot of different rooms that they go into, and they cut it into them just going to the Hall of Prophecies and the Room with the Veil. Mm -hmm. And I kind of understand that, but the only thing that I wish that they had left in is that in the book, a lot of the kids get hurt. So, like, Ginny gets hurt, Neville gets hurt, um, Luna gets hurt, Ron gets hurt, Hermione gets hurt. And I think it's, like, a little bit unrealistic that they all just, like, went in there, faced a bunch of Death Eaters, and, like, all left unscathed, you know? 
just a normal day. Just a normal day. They're all like bleeding from somewhere, but they're not like maimed. No. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay. So I've said my piece. I had to get out of the way. (laughs) But what I will say is that the plot was condensed and changed. But in some cases, I think this was actually for the better for the sake of the movie because Mm. we were able to portray like the intent or emotion of the scene more so than like maybe a subplot or like a long piece of dialogue could have Mm -hmm. in the Mm. movie setting. Um, And I personally think this movie does a lot better job than Goblet of Fire of like condensing periods of time or like plot points and emotions into like different writing of the story. Mm. Hmm. Well, this one, this one definitely feels a lot more, um, well, the feeling I got from it was it, it wasn't so much, you didn't feel any lull points. Like I think from the start, it's just pretty much go, 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 go. Like it doesn't have that lull point. It just seems to stay strong all the way through. That's how mm-hmm. I found yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, I totally agree. And one example of this is actually the plot thread throughout the entire movie. So this idea that Harry needs to rely on his friends for strength. So you see like the friend rift between Harry, Ron, and Hermione. And then you see this like scene with Luna and the Thestrals and her saying like, Harry, like rely on your friends kind of thing. Like that's all added. None of that is like scenes from the book. And so that was all kind of added to portray this like theme that takes full circle from the beginning of the movie to the end when Voldemort possesses Harry and we get the bit where like he can't because, you know, Harry has these friendships and this love in his life. And so I have friends you don't. Yeah. yeah get out of my head, protecting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I then, did like the- that theme like throughout the movie. I like that you get the part where he's like, I should just go and do it myself. Like, yeah. When, yeah. when I start caring about people, it makes it so much worse. Like, I should just go deal with this and, like, go handle it on my own. And then he, like, comes to the realization that, like, I can't. I probably can't do this on my own. I'm going to have to rely on people and got to have the right people. Yeah. Too. Yeah. And it keeps coming back, right? Like, they make it start from the beginning, and then there's so many times throughout the movie that that theme continues to come up. Keeps kicking in. Mm-hmm. Well, even at the very start, when he when they're like, um, he's like, what do you know? He's like, oh, Dumbledore told us not to say anything. He's like, why haven't you said anything? So he even starts yeah. from, <laughs> yeah. why haven't you told me? And it starts from there yeah. just slowly. What yeah. don't I know? Yeah. <laughs> Why does everyone else know? Yeah, yeah. everyone else. <laughs> FOMO, serious FOMO. Yeah. Yes, That's... I would feel the same. <laughs> like, what the heck? That is that is the theme That's of this friends. entire movie, is FOMO. Harry Potter FOMO. Yes. <laughs> All of them. Yeah. yeah. So this movie has a different tone than some of the other movies. It's a lot darker than any of the movies so far, but it's also Harry's angsty movie. Like, yeah, he's, he's in a mood, like, the whole time. Yeah. Yeah, he is. <laughs> not a happy mood, either. No. Well, between not finding out everything and then uh, the newspapers telling him that he's a liar, he can't, yeah, he can't get the bit of a raw stick for this this film. 
that would be extremely frustrating you're like no like i was there like i experienced i saw it and they're like no you didn't harry honey no you didn't stop lying it's like it's all right it was all a dream if you want to talk about gaslighting there's a lot of gaslighting that happens in this movie (laughs) and not just to harry either hermione gaslights ron quite a bit in this movie Uh, yes and uh, harry lashes out a lot like at everybody (laughs) especially at ron and hermione he's so mean and they're so understanding too like this is the first time we see them be super understanding about what he's going through Mm. which is nice Mm -hmm. to see harry also in this movie has a lot of prophecy dreams and sweats Mm -hmm. a lot so sweaty he is so sweaty (laughs) I don't think you sweat that much when you have like a panic attack or something like that. I'm like, sure you don't. I think he looks like he's been dunked underwater. (laughs) But yeah, yeah, he looks really wet. (laughs) Yeah, like splashed. All right, wake up, go. Yeah. (laughs) I just imagine someone coming through with like a squirt bottle like, all right, ready to go. (laughs) Are you ready for your next scene? How many... Yeah. <laughs> How many takes did he have to do where, like, he was just, like, thrashing around in bed, like, all sweaty, oh. like, you know? <laughs> so oh, many different no. points in the movie. He dreams Take so 12. much in this movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he does a lot of which, sweaty dreaming. Which is, look, it's fair if you've just, uh, just see someone die and someone very yeah. evil has just risen back and no one believes you. I think you'd still have nightmares. I 100% agree. 100%. <laughs> you were saying how this one gets darker, which I never realized until a lot later on, but you can tell by the WB logo. Again, it's decayed again, mm-hmm. very at the start. So it's yep. continue that trend. Yeah, that's such a good point. Liz, you pointed that out on the last one, I think. So mm-hmm. they're kind of like showing you right at the beginning with the logos, like how this story how is going to go. Mm. Yep. So the darkness in this one is cut with some like comedic bits too. Uh, mm. How did y'all feel about the comedy in this movie? I didn't think it was super funny. Not laugh. I didn't either. There was more like romance portions where you were like, oh, that's pretty cute. Aww. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But like all the bits with like you get Filch like sitting outside of the room of requirement. And like Fred and George are pretty funny in this one. Yeah. With all their little tricks and stuff. They try try to start selling at the start. You you can (laughs) use this. You can use this. You can use that. And the kid's got all (laughs) Mm -hmm. the pox and everything on his face. Uh-huh. At the very least, I don't think this movie is like super funny, like like haha funny, but I think it's um I just thought of that like backyardigans meme that's like it's not funny haha, it's funny weird. Um but no, it's <laughs> like funny in the way that it breaks up the darkness and it like kind of makes you remember like this is a magical place like in the castle, lightens it up for a second. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well- well, it starts. What's well, this one starts off so grim at the start, with mm-hmm. you know the desolate with Dudley, and then the Dementors, and then Harry going like, there really isn't a, a laughing or smile point 
for probably at least about 20 minutes or yeah, like yeah, something right. lighthearted. I had like completely forgotten about the whole muggle scene at the beginning of this movie. It started and I was like, I'm watching the right movie. Like what? <laughs> yeah. Like what am I, what is this? And I was like, oh, okay. It's Harry and Dudley. Like, yeah, I'm watching the right movie, but I had completely forgotten about that whole plot thing until the old lady showed up. And then I was like, oh, okay. Like I know what's mm. going on now. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Just but I never even- paid attention to the beginning, I guess. It's even creepy because there's no one else at the park. Like, it's just Mm-mm. them. Like, why is six guys and, a, uh, sorry, seven teenagers just at the park and where is everybody else? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I've always thought that scene was, like, a little weird. That, like, yeah. just the world, like, cleared out from that spot. Yeah. Just nobody. Everyone's <clears throat> and the sun change. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we get some more character development in this movie. So let's start with the main trio. They've got some more, I guess, like emotional depth in this movie. Harry gets his first (laughs) on-screen kiss in this movie. Mm. And it's with like the love of his life. Yeah. (laughs) No, not the love of his life. Just Joe. And Loki, it's kind of like an awkward kiss. It's so I thought it was cute. <laughs> it's awkward. It's they don't the even little, touch each other. Yeah. The little um yeah, okay. What did your first kiss look like? <laughs> Not, Not like, like that. that. <laughs> no. Just as awkward. Hundred percent guarantee that's what mine looked like. Yeah. So it's relatable. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but this is a movie, so we need it to be better than that, please. Yeah. It's supposed to be relatable for the masses, Courtney. Mm. You're supposed to be able to relate to it. This is a young adult movie. Oh, yeah, young adult movie. (laughs) Yes. One thing we've been doing, Lee, in all of our episodes, because one of Elizabeth's favorite characters is Ron. Mm -hmm. And so we like to get our guests' feel on like what they thought of Ron in this movie. So, like a Ron temperature check. Mm -hmm. So, we're curious what you thought of What level heat is he on in this one? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, and by heat, like, do you mean attractiveness <laughs> or just? <laughs> <laughs> You're not the first person to ask that question. Yeah. Um. So Ron's character is like hot and cold. Like people like him, they don't like him. He kind of goes oh. back and forth. So like, how are we feeling about Ron? Is he being a good guy this time? He's being a little shit. Like, what's going on? I thought this one he was. I would say he was a he was a lot more of a friend. This epi- uh, this mm-hmm. one, it's like La- Goblet of Fire. I always think, yeah, he's a shit in that one. Yeah, I'm like, you're yeah. just annoying. Until mm-hmm. the end, he is like, oh, I helped you. I'm like, just tell him that you could have no, saved so much time. Like- yeah, <laughs> like you be- you did help. Um, but no, I thought this one he was a bit more of a, a bit more of a friend to Harry and like want to do more things and. Didn't lie as much or be infatuated as much. <laughs> yeah. I, I, still very thought, attractive. Yes. Too. I thought Ron was on a high heat this movie. He shows some courage. He's witty. He's mm. getting like a little hunky for Hermione over there. Um, <laughs> and she's like noticing him. Plus, like you said, yeah. he's like a really good friend in this one. So I like turned yeah. up the heat on, on Ron. I was like, you know what? You're doing good things. Let's like keep it at this level. <laughs> mm. 
They also oh, finally which... give him some credit in this movie. Like there's that moment when they're escaping from the inquisitorial squad and <laughs> Ron's like, oh, we gave them like puking pasties. And Hermione's like, that was really, that was really, um, what'd you say? Like smart of you, Ron. That was a really good idea. Like, yeah. Finally, these directors <laughs> yeah. aren't shitting on me and giving all my lines to Hermione. <laughs> Yeah, sounds like Ron is pretty well liked in this movie. <laughs> mm. Changes when he gets in the next ones, but yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, Liz, we're on a high here. Get ready to go downhill. He needs a mentor, okay? <laughs> <laughs> so in this movie, the trio expands a little bit to include um, some more friends. So we've got mm. Ginny, Luna, and Neville, who also... I- I'm obsessed with Luna. Like, yeah, as soon as she came on the screen, I was like, oh, that's this movie. Luna's like the best. Yeah. I'm going to give 10 points to Ravenclaw for Luna just because she is who she is. Like, obsessed. Obsessed. Finally, some points obsessed. for Ravenclaw. Very underrepresented. I'll give him an extra 10. <laughs> <laughs> fully, fully agree. I think she was, she's like one of the unsung heroes in, this, in <laughs> the films. I think. She does so much, and she's so much love for Harry. And like, I even thought to myself, I'm like, you should have ended up with Harry. Yeah. Like, you understand yes. Harry a whole lot more than I feel like Ron and Hermione did a couple of times. Mm-hmm. I made that. I made that connection too. I was like, why? Why did Luna and Harry not end up together? Like at the end of the movie, she's the only one who comes to him and is like, "I'm so sorry for your loss, Harry." The only mm. one. Yeah, so all those people. I like the changes that they made with Luna and like how they made her a strong character until people start saying things like that. And then (sighs) I'm like, why didn't they spend this time developing Ginny? Because people, Mm. there's so much about Ginny that they cut out of these movies Mm. and they like give stuff to Luna. And I'm like, that's why people think that Luna should end up with Harry because, and then. Like, so no, like, okay, there is one moment where Hermione is like introducing Luna, and she's like weird about it. What happened there? Why is Hermione being weird about introducing Luna? She called her like, Loony Lovegood <gasps> in front of everybody. She oh, says, no. "Hello, everybody. This is Loony Luna Lovegood." I did not pick Loony up on that. Right. Yeah, Hermione. <laughs> yeah, Girl. yeah, and she insults the Quibbler, which is what she, not in the movie, but in the. She does, and that's what um, Luna's dad writes is the quibbler. Hermione. Oh. I know. No. No. <laughs> yeah. That's the moments where you just like, I want to die. I just want to go away. Yeah. That's like very <laughs> yeah. much something that a person like Hermione would do is like accidentally say something yes. and be like, yeah. I'm going to go now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you to go to the bathroom. Slowly. <laughs> she back away. Yeah. So we get some Neville backstory in this movie mm. as well. Poor Neville. Poor Neville. I know. I know. It, 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 it's, 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 it's until the last movie, you're watching it and you feel bad for him every single time. He's until like the last movie. <laughs> it's yeah. Horrible. It's so bad. He's just trying to survive. You know, all the years he's just trying to survive and he gets keeps getting dragged into all these situations. He's just like so nice. <laughs> yeah. At least he finally learns the spell that they're all learning. Like yeah. finally. I like that they give him too the moment where he like tries to like jump after um Bellatrix Lestrange too. 
So you kind of see mm-hmm. him have like a, I don't know, like a growth moment there where he kind of like mm-hmm. finds his courage. Mm. He's not yeah. being frozen to death and falling onto the ground anymore. She deserved it. No. They should have let him do that to her. They should have. I know. And Jenny too even has her moments in this movie. They're smaller, mm. but they're there. She's starting to become yeah. like a real wizard. Yeah. Which, which, well, it's it's all the same. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, she's growing up. Uh, I'm glad slowly. she's involved, and they're starting to give her lines. So it's good. Mm-hmm. This is a lot more of a group effort. This movie for mm-hmm. this adventure compared to the rest. Like I found, like it was more of that. Obviously, yes, or the Phoenix, but you know, all these other characters get a bit more of a shine finally after four movies. This movie, yeah. We do get yeah. a little bit more personality from some of the like side characters. Yeah. Which is yeah. nice. And I'm glad that we do. And I think they do a cool job. Like they give Sirius that line kind of towards the beginning when he gives Harry the photograph of the Order of the Phoenix. And he says mm-hmm. like, oh, I guess y'all are the young ones now. And then this movie mm-hmm. centers a lot on like the DA and then like the Order, the new like younger Order of the Phoenix people, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm being created so it's cool making their own decisions it's very yeah. cool mm-hmm. and then Which, we also get to see some of the relationships to de- like develop a bit more that harry has with some of the older characters so one that yeah. really shines in this movie is the harry serious relationship r.i.p mm. as soon as harry gets comfortable with someone they're like ripped out of his life every time Gone. I know. Tragic. Uh, so sad. And I, uh, I remember when I first saw this and that ending with Sirius Black, I was like, come on, he just, oh. I know. It's so heartbreaking. It's so like, heartbreaking. Yeah. It's like, oh, I and love I you. I'm here. Him. Nah. <laughs> yep. And we also get the beginnings of a proper relationship between Harry and Dumbledore. Which mm-hmm. is kind of off to a rocky start throughout. Like he's a, he's a turd the at the beginning. Dumbledore is a straight turd. At the straight beginning. dick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because he's straight start. up ignoring him, keeping information yeah. from him. Mm. I'm not about it. I'm not a fan. I don't enjoy that Dumbledore. No, nah. me either. And it wait. It adds weight when you when you obviously know what happens in the end. You're like, mm-hmm. God, you really were rough on the poor kid <laughs> who just wanted to talk to you. Mm-hmm. And yeah. he, st- he and wanted he your like reassurance. Him. Like you didn't have to tell him anything, but like you could have been there. I don't know. Yeah. Not like oh. Oh, I helped you with the court case. Out. Um, yeah. uh, oh, I helped. Um, her name just escapes me just then. I had it. Uh, help uh, civil. Help civil yeah. get back into the and into the grounds. But now nah, I'm out. Mm-hmm. Anytime he gets close, gone. Did y'all pick up on the fact that Dumbledore was afraid that if he talked to Harry, that Harry would get possessed by Voldemort? Like in that moment. Why was he, why? Okay, I did pick up on that, but I was like, that doesn't make any sense. Because, so in the graveyard, like I guess Voldemort figured out that he had this connection with Harry. And so Dumbledore knew that Voldemort was going to try to kill um 
was going to try to like possess Harry and thought that mm. he would try to get to Dumbledore through Harry. And mm. so that is why like at the end, Voldemort possesses Harry because he tries to get Dumbledore to kill Harry. Interesting. Oh, yeah. And they, they kind of cut that line a little bit. They like, I think like when Harry says like, he's like, says something old man, he's supposed to say like, kill me now Dumbledore or whatever like if death means nothing to you like kill Harry now and he doesn't fall for it do it Interesting. yeah but they never really explain that so it makes Dumbledore just look like a dick the whole movie yeah he does kind of like show his sweeter side in that moment like when Harry's being possessed like you get the sweet Dumbledore back after we've had a few movies of Dumbledore being kind of like a hard ass you kind of get like yeah. a sweet old man again. Mm. Yeah, I'm glad that we nice. do. I think the end is like a good moment for Dumbledore. And he's like calm again. Yeah. yeah and no, I'm not disappearing with these Phoenix. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> got to admit, yeah. Dumbledore has style. I have no interest in ever going to Azkaban. <laughs> you think uh, so you the impression of- I would come quietly? Yeah. <laughs> you would be wrong. Nope. You'd be wrong. <laughs> Wrong. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So we also get the order in this movie, which Mm. is cool. Um, And interestingly, we have that uh, Severus Snape is a member of the order. Mm -hmm. Yes. There's a surprise to all of them. Yes. Along with Tonks, Kingsley, Lupin, Mad-Eye. Serious, even though he's locked in his own house. (laughs) So, Tonks, why does she not like her name? Yeah, I didn't get that either. She just likes to go by Tonks instead of Nymphedora. She doesn't like that name. It's just a thing. Don't call me Nymphedora. Let me go fire her hair. Um, I saw that in the book, I have not read the book, but in the book, she's supposed to have pink hair. And in the movie, it's purple. Hmm. Yeah, so in the book, she's supposed to have pink spiky hair. And Mm -hmm. actually, Lupin delivers the Nymphadora line. And then Tonks says, don't call me Nymphadora to Lupin, which which would be better because Tonks is supposed Mm. to end up with Lupin in the end. Mm. So... I did remember that happening, but yeah. I read that they made her hair purple so that she wouldn't be associated with Umbridge because everything about Umbridge is pink, which I hate. Uh, that's true. That. Yeah. yeah, that is interesting. Okay, let's talk you... about Umbridge. Yeah. Sorry, let's talk the about worst her. villain than Voldemort. Yeah, she's awful. Awful. She does not deserve the color pink as her signature color, and she also does not deserve all the cute little kitty cats that are around her office. She doesn't deserve any of that. She should be in like paisley with like brown. That's what color she should be wearing. Okay. I have to say, I haven't watched this movie since owning a cat. And when I was watching it and I was like looking at all the little kitty cats on the plates in her office, I was like, they're so cute. How does she have such cute little cat portraits? Like I want one of those for my wall. She doesn't deserve any of it. (laughs) Evil. I feel... Anyone you talk to, uh, Ambridge is the worst villain, like a lot worse than anything Voldemort's mm-hmm. done. She's so and, calculated. 
Yeah. And technically, you don't technically see her die either. Mm -mm. She doesn't die. She comes back. She's in the seventh book. And the movie. Oh, that's right. She's too. She gets Mad Eye's eye and she puts it in her office. That's right. Yeah, I forgot about that. Dumbledore goes and saves her from the centaurs, actually. I thought she was supposed to be expelled from the ministry. Nah. That's what the newspaper at the end said. Well, when Voldemort takes over the ministry, she's allowed back in. Of course she is. What a stupid man. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, she's the worst villain and she's not even a Death Eater. She's just like pure evil in her heart for no reason. Well, she has right. like no motive. She's just like, let me do these mean things. Well, straight from the start, she's like, I'm I under the impression the fact that you're saying the ministry is wrong and because they control the Dementors. Is that what I'm seeing? Shut up. <laughs> yeah. No one asked your opinion. I think Im- Imelda Scott Literally. did like such a fabulous job, like executing oh, every it. single one of her lines. Like just the way that she said them, and like that little like, like cough little, thing like, that she does. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> I can't even do it. <laughs> yeah. I thought her costuming was so good. Like they mm. had her dressed perfectly. Mm. I also liked the uh, detention. I must not tell lies. Effect. Yeah. You know deep down that you deserve to be punished, don't you, Mr. Potter? Yeah. I was like, I hate you. I like, hate you. You're literally forcing him to like injure himself. Yeah. And, that, and he's I remember the one that needs to be punished. First saw that, I was like, oh, I'm like, that's really messed up. Really messed up. Yeah. Like you have nearly yeah. like 50 lines. And then she does it to like the whole group. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. I must yeah, she is wild. This whole film, she, she is. They really amped up to the Inquisitorial Squad subplot. So in the movie, she gets like over a hundred educational decrees up on the wall about literally anything and everything. What is God. Filch's deal? What does he get out of following her? Like instructions. He gets power to punish the students. Yeah. He says that he wants to like hang them from shackles, and she's like, "Maybe we'll get there one day." <laughs> she, he's like a he's lost like, puppy with her. Yeah, I do not like him at all. He's also a villain, and he's in all the movies. Like, why did they keep him around? <laughs> he's terrible. Good question. Why? Why? <laughs> Why do we keep the creepy dude? If we know one yeah. likes him and he hates all the kids, why do we keep him? him. Talk about somebody he could else. Easily be replaced. That is perfectly yeah. cast, though. Is Argus yes. Filch? Yeah. Who is yes. that guy? He's in Game of Thrones too. Yeah, uh, I have it's, no idea who he is. When I saw him in Game of Thrones, I was like, oh, he's just going <laughs> to complain about the kids. <laughs> and where's the cat? His where's name is cat? David Bradley. Yeah. And then with all those, uh, I did love the scene where they all smash. Oh, yeah. I, that was a good scene. It was effective. I remember yeah, thinking yeah. that when I was watching it. Fred like, and George yeah. are the cutest characters. Like, they just have, like, such fun ideas. Like, who wouldn't want to be friends with them? No. Like. MVPs. 
they're just like fun all the time. They're like, you know, academics might not really be for us. So let's just like go ruin everything. Yeah, it's a lot, a lot more fun to do thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> One thing that they didn't show in the movie is that when Fred and George do their exit, they actually put a swamp in one of the corridors that the professor Umbridge can't get it to go away. And so for two weeks, Filch has to take students across the corridor via boat to get to their classes. <laughs> Goodness. That would have been good to see. <laughs> I mean, they didn't have time to put something like that in there. No. Yes, they did. The longest movie is two hours and 47 minutes. I mean, I'm honestly, I agree. I think they should have made this movie an hour longer and not made some of the like plot changes that they did. But that's just me. But still watch it all the way through multiple times. Of course. (laughs) So speaking of that moment when all the educational degrees smash, we get a ton of really cool like special visual effect moments in this movie. We've got a lot of um, entire sets that are special effects, such as the um, the Hall of Prophecy mm. that is done entirely with green screen. Um, but there's a ton of moments, and I have a list here. Um, but we can start with the Hall of Prophecy and like the Veil Room and those sets because I think they're really cool. They were, and that's um, where a lot of the budget goes into. Like as you said yeah. at the beginning of this episode, is the budget and the special effects on this one is so much higher. Even though we did get mm-hmm. dragged into the last one, I feel like this has a lot more creativity in special effects. Oh, yeah. So for the Hall of Prophecy, the Department of Ministries, like the whole thing, was the mm. first fully CG set in the Harry Potter series. Yeah. So like none of that was practical just because it was it would have been a hassle, honestly, to do it. Yeah. Could you imagine if they had to make a bunch of prophecies to like break legitimately, yeah, and to, like have yeah. to clean them up and replace them every and do time? it again? Yeah. yeah, you want to get one shot. It's dangerous. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's cool. We also get number twelve Grimald Place, and you get that's to see the it. Building appear. that moves. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I always thought that was cool. Like how it just. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's such a little thing, but I'm glad that they like give it its moment where you like see it appear. Mm. Because then you can tell that it's like a magical place. Like mm-hmm. if they hadn't done that, it would have been just like, okay, walking into this like random house. Like what is this? You know? Nothing special about it. But I, <laughs> we also mm-hmm. get the black family tree in in there, which I thought was yeah. really, really cool. And yeah. apparently those are all like characters that J.K. Rowling like included as part of the lore for the Black family. Like everything in there came straight from her, even like who was supposed to be scorched out and not. Which oh, is wow. Cool. Yeah, yeah they put, had like, all so that much thought into it. <laughs> they had all of that like pretty accurate. They just didn't like mm. explain all of it. But I'm glad mm-hmm. that they at least mm. like included it because you could see, mm. I think that like all the... So the Black family is like a pure wizarding family, right? And Mm. so they're connected to so many other large wizarding families. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's it's cool that they like had it there and included it and, and, and gave. They also like kind of changed up how that scene went. And I think they made it almost like a better moment between 
Harry and Sirius that was like heartfelt and special. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one thing that they never explain in the movies is that the Black family was like traditionally like Voldemort followers, right? Mm-hmm. And so like that's part of it. All the faces that are scorched out are the ones that turned to the good side and didn't follow Voldemort. And so it's kind of backwards. But they, yeah. they never really explain that. They like he just says like, Oh, my mom did that when I ran away, but he doesn't explain like why he ran away. Yeah. yeah. So Narcissa is originally a black, so she married into the Malfoy family. Yeah. And then Ugh. Bellatrix also. Bellatrix, she mm. she married into the Lestrange family. And then And Tonks. Tonks. Mm. Yeah, Tonks is also on the Cousin. family tree. And then Sirius's younger brother is Regulus, and mm-hmm. he was a Death Eater also. Yep. Yep. Which they never explain. So that whole scene, you're just kind of like, why are all these names scorched out? And they. No. There's so right. much <laughs> about the Black Family House that's just like implied in the movies. Like, for example, so when they get up to the house and it appears. The mm-hmm. reason it appears, and they actually never do this, is that Dumbledore is the secret keeper of the house. So there's like a magical enchantment on it where only somebody who is told by Dumbledore can see the house and know of its existence and go into the house. And so Mad-Eye is supposed to show Harry a piece of paper written by Dumbledore that says like number number 12 Grimald Place is like the um, – headquarters of the order of the phoenix and then harry looks up and the the house appears so you see the house appearing but they just don't really have time to like explain all of that so it's something that's just like implied in the movie i guess yeah i assumed it was just like to hide the entrance which yeah i always thought which i always thought obviously Overlooking things, I'm like, where about everyone else in the other hand, like the rest of the apartments in that house? Like, do you notice the <laughs> fact that you're slowly moving to one side and you that happens at random times? <laughs> your TV is like shaking you, while you're watching it. Yeah. Or you look <laughs> at your window and you're, yeah. Or you're, a, it's just a train. <laughs> or you look at the window, point. it's a different spot. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> Some other stuff no. that is fully CG are some of the creatures in this story. So speaking of the house, we have Creature, the house elf. I hate him. What a- he is the bane of my existence. Do not like Creature. Also, Creepy. they just casually have a house elf slave. Casually. They don't prefer yes, this the black term elf. slave. It's, a house- <laughs> it's just a house elf. <laughs> enslaved just casually and no one's concerned about it nah well just a, that's normal in the wizarding world it's awful don't they show though in this movie hermione's like you should free him and sirius is like we literally can't like he knows too much about this about the order like we can't free him i don't remember that happening i don't think that neither do i but that, that would make a good reason why they're having like you know too much so i need you to do my You're washing stuck here yeah. They also remove a lot of Creature's subplot because Creature actually – so you know how they show – but they show it. They imply it. It's so crazy like how they imply things and then they just like don't ever like explain, explain it. Explain it. So, no. so Sirius 
he says like at one point he says like creature like like out with you or something he's like get mm-hmm. away and what creature actually does is he leaves the house and he goes to the malfoy's house and he gets with narcissa malfoy and he helps the malfoys plot to get like harry in the ministry it's so creature is bad 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 well they show him being bad later in the series yeah Yeah. shown it yet yeah um we've also got grop uh hagrid's brother half brother yeah yes that's he is probably the one part that where the CGI in this whole film is like oh. a little questionable, bad, yeah. really bad. <laughs> everything else, yeah, everything else, really good. But when I saw that scene, yeah. I was like, it hasn't. I don't know if that's a hasn't aged well, or they could have done that a little bit differently. Yeah, I they think, should have done it differently. I think I read that it was like very challenging to do Grop CGI because his he's so much bigger than them and they're so small. And I just think at that time, like it was just new and challenging mm. and it didn't, it doesn't, that's like the one piece that doesn't really hold up that great. It, done, it didn't come no. across well, for sure. No, mm-hmm. that made me think of uh, the first one CGI. Straight off the bat, I was like. <laughs> the troll. Yeah, the troll. I'm like, this is just about as a troll. You can like see the outline. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Quidditch in the first movie. Yeah. That's like yeah. zooming CGI around. in the whole series. Yeah. <laughs> like, ooh. Um, one thing that did look good is the Thestrals, though. I thought they were pretty. Yeah, they did. Mm. Pretty well done. That was another point that I thought was weird. I understand the like concept of the Thestrals, but how come none of the students knew about them? Like not even Hermione, who knows literally everything, knew about them. No. They know. Yeah. They'd never questioned how the carriages were moving ever. They just thought they moved themselves. Well, they're just enchantment. You know, just like everything else around <laughs> here is enchanted. But you're, yeah. you're right. Like that would have been something Hermione would have known. Mm-hmm. And the CGI and that they looked a lot better than um Hagrid's they brother. Very good. They yeah, really good. And you even get yeah, to see them really up close, good. so it's like impressive how well they did on those. Mm. So we can make a yeah. horse, dead horse, look really good. But if someone <laughs> wants to be like three feet taller than even a taller person, nah, we can't do that. <laughs> nah. nah. Even like the Quidditch, or not the Quidditch, but like the flying through the city at the beginning, like that CGI was way better. Like I just don't understand, I guess because I don't really understand like what all goes into CGI, but I just don't understand why the Grop CGI had to be so bad. Like They should have just shown him from far away and not shown him close up, like if that was the issue. Yeah, Yeah, I agree. Stilts, a mesh suit, something like that would have worked better. (laughs) I think he was too big. Like, they do that stuff with Hagrid, right? Like, interesting camera angles. But I think he was mm-hmm. just, like, way mm. too big to do that kind of thing. Mm. Yeah. Do they ever have another giant in the series? I think in the Battle of Hogwarts. They should have just had mm-hmm. them be, like, more close to normal human size. Mm. Well, yeah. Hagrid's always looked fine. You tell him yeah. you couldn't just do a little bit bigger than him. Even um, Madame Maxine, like she looked great. Yeah, she was really big. She was very, very tall. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know. I I don't know. 
I think they could have like had less interaction between him and Hermione because he doesn't need to pick up Hermione. Like I don't even think he does in the book. No, so like, that they was... could have just like had him over like grunting in the corner and like look a little bit more realistic and I would have been fine with that. Yeah. Now he goes to him really up close and watch it struggle. <laughs> even even the fight with Dumbledore and Voldemort. Even though the fact that's magic that looked better. Yeah, I know. Yeah, they did a good job with the magic, like all of the magic. The fireworks, everything looked really good. Yes, the fireworks. Yeah, and yeah. I think that's part of why like David Yates was important for this film is because there's so much more action that he did a good job with that. I think he at least did mm. that really well. So. It was a lot lot more, lot more action. With this one, the last one, all just keeps ramping up. Mm-hmm. And continues to ramp up. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I think it's time to get into our seven key plot points of the movie because seven is the most magical number. <sighs> Starting with number one. We start off our story back in Little Winching with the Dursleys, except this time Harry is haunted by dreams of the graveyard and Cedric dying. Him and Dudley are also being haunted by something else. Two real-life Dementors that Harry must defend them from by casting his Patronus in the presence of a muggle. I I felt like they were very harsh on him. Like, he was, one, he was saving someone's life. Two, he's been through hell and back, like cut him some slack. And, and three, this family knows he does magic. Like, what's the problem? What's the issue? Yeah. Like, it's not I don't totally get it. agree. He didn't do the magic. He didn't do the magic in front of a complete random. Like the whole no. family knows mm-hmm. that he has magic and he does magic. It's not like he did it in front of a crowd of a whole bunch of people. Yes. And and God, Vernon's such a uh, justice <laughs> with the spoon. Like what with are you eating? Like a whole tub of ice cream? Like stop it. Yeah. Cut it out. <laughs> Um, love the Dursleys. They're so, like, just so well portrayed. It's crazy. <laughs> they did a good job. They always do a good job. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think it was a bit, a bit rough for Harry. You know, like, you just seen all this happen and then you save, um, you save Deli, who's just a dick to you the whole time, and then you go, mm-hmm. oh, by the way, you're expelled. Mm-hmm. You're out, even though you saved his life. Yep. Yeah, well, I think it just goes just to show. Like, remember spell or whatever it's called and like make Dudley forget about it. Which is normal. Which is normal in this, this entire universe. They do it all the time. <laughs> like, come on. Yeah. Oh, forget. Yeah. <laughs> Hermione does it to her parents. I know. I know. Oh. Don't even start on that. We're, I'm not actually <laughs> prepared for that right now. Oh, my God. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. <laughs> not ready. No. <laughs> I think it just goes to show like how deluded though Fudge is and the ministry is that they mm-hmm. like don't believe that Voldemort is back. Mm-hmm. Mm. How afraid they are. Yeah. Very afraid. Mm. Which which Dumbledore says the same thing, say, says that you know, Fudge is not in his right mind. Off straight off the bat. Yeah. I have so much more to say about this, but it's all things that they omitted and changed from the book. So I'm not going to say it because I'm going to be on my best behavior. Mm. <laughs> no, I, I go ahead. The only, 
The only thing no, I'll it'll ask, be like 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah. The, the only thing I'll ask is did they ever share that Umbridge was the one who um sent the dement the dementors from Azkaban no. to Harry? No. They never said that. Yeah. Doesn't that no. make you hate her more? Yep. Yeah. Bitch. Yeah. <laughs> she was being so defensive about it that it like had like you it had to be her. Yeah. Like yeah. why would she care otherwise? Again, implied. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Implied. Yeah, so, like, for me, it's, like, okay, fine. Like, they show her being all defensive, but uh, not a fan. Not a fan. Pink. She does not deserve any shade of pink. (laughs) None. You don't deserve to wear the color. No. No, she doesn't. (laughs) Okay, number two. The DA is formed. So, per usual, there is a new Defense Against the Dark Arts professor at Hogwarts. Professor Dolores Umbridge, looking like a plump toad in a fluffy pink cardigan. (laughs) Except Professor Umbridge works for Fudge and is only there because the ministry is interfering at Hogwarts. So Hermione initiates the forming of Dumbledore's army. It's so cute how she's like excited to break the rules. She's like, isn't this so exhilarating? And they're like, yeah, we do this all the time. time. We've done this for the last (laughs) four movies. Yeah, Where have you you been? (laughs) <laughs> she's always involved i don't know why they do that to her yeah. but i like harry's speech where he talks about mm-hmm. like you don't know y'all don't know what it's like yeah. and they're like tell us tell us what it's like we want to know we want to help i love well <laughs> well we start here yeah. as a child but parents <laughs> What did y'all think about the um like the DA scenes? Like when they were in the room of requirement and like practicing spells and stuff. I loved it. I thought mm-hmm. it was so fun. I like I liked I like seeing them all together and I, mm-hmm. I liked how they were all trying to work as a team. And even even that room, just that set looked cool. Mm-hmm. Um and they're obviously trying trying to do the spells and everything. You saw the next generation coming through. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so i have two things to say about that um if you watch closely you can tell that each of the witches and wizards even the adults not just the kids have their own style of how they cast things mm. and the filmmakers actually brought in a choreographer to teach each of them the like correct way based on their character's personality So like with Lucius, his is like very stiff and everything he does is like, like very staccato, whereas like Sirius, Sirius is more like, like kind of like, like at the very, he'll like start a spell, like start saying it and then he'll flick his thing out because everything he does is like very last minute and very like kind of nonchalant, Um, which I thought was cool that they like had the forethought to like bring someone Ooh. in to teach them how to make it come across like it matches their character which a i thought was fun what yeah, that- a wand instructor my mine's mm-hmm. mine's always my favorite is uh cedric now out of everyone in the, the entire hands. the two hands and you're holding it like a gun yeah <laughs> like like you scared of it <laughs> yeah he like, was everyone I think else he is said- like this but he's like <laughs> Yeah, he said he felt weird like holding it out like everybody else, so he held it like a gun, like over. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> yeah. 
but I love that fact, Liz. That's cool. Because I think it looks really natural the way that everybody Mm -hmm. does it. So Mm. I think that was a smart decision by the filmmakers. And then the second thing I have is about the room of requirements. So that room is a mixture of practical and special effects. And in the books, it's described as having no beginning or end. So it's just like massive room. Um, And to achieve Mm. this like sense of like infinity, I guess, their visual effects team spent five months designing that room alone. And what they came up with is because there's mirrors everywhere and those are real mirrors. And to make sure that they didn't capture the camera people or the crew, they made them rotating. So they would, they had like, they would, based on where the cameramen were located, they would like rotate the mirror slightly so it didn't capture them in the mirrors. They could still get the shots with the mirrors in them. And then they also, it's like very bright in that room. And so in order to like minimize the brightness so that you didn't get stuff reflecting everywhere, they made the floor black, like slate black, but mirrored Mm. still. And so the cast had to wear like felt bottom shoes so they didn't scratch it. And anytime the crew members were walking around, they had to wear surgical shoes so they didn't track dust in. (laughs) Holy shit. That's just like so much goes into that room that's in like two scenes. (laughs) Three it's tops. a pretty important room. Yeah. And it, it comes is, back. It is. Yeah. yeah. I just I thought it was did a pretty good job with it. How they came up mm. with like how they were gonna do that. Because it it crazy. looks how they describe mm. it. Just massive. Jeez. Wow. What's well, and you don't realise this when you watch it, you don't realise how much goes into it of them trying to build a set. My my favorite all time favorite little nuggets of set building was there's a scene in a very old horror movie called uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. And mm-hmm. there's a scene where this girl is like, terrible things are happening to her, but she's moving around the room. They built an entire set on a rotating wheel. So it looked like she was going on the roof and around the room. So the whole thing's rotating and the whole like a bedroom, they built it on a wheel to shoot the scene. That's so smart. So smart. That is really cool. It's cool, like, especially in the Harry Potter films, how they make these really crazy elaborate sets and, like, just Mm -hmm. how much goes into them for how, Mm -hmm. like, we're talking about just a few scenes in those rooms. Like, Mm -hmm. for example, Dumbledore's office and how, how much went into that set. And I think it's cool that we get um, some time in the office in this movie as well. So it like comes back. So it's yeah. important that it's right the first time. That's yeah. right. And the Chamber of Secrets, that was half CGI and half practical. And the, the part that's practical is the giant snake statues. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it comes back too. So it's important that it mm. like that they put the right amount of effort into it so it holds up. Mm. Well, the Chamber of Secrets, they actually destroyed it because they didn't know that they were going to need it, so they had to rebuild that one. Idiots. Because when they made when they made the movie, oh, she wasn't done yet. with the books. Yeah. And so, oh, that's right. They didn't know that they were going to need it, and so they yeah. wasted a ton of money demolishing it and having to rebuild it. And it's WB money. Yeah. That's the- <laughs> it's play money. doesn't yeah. matter. But. Cool. 
for a franchise that for a very long time, I think was the third or fourth highest grossing franchise of all time. So much money. So much money. Insane money. Mm. And nothing, no other real book film has really been able to capture that momentum. Mm -mm. I don't think it ever will. I don't think so. This one was just a phenomenon. Mm. It was event, event films when they came out, especially the last two were events. Yeah. I remember. Yes. Yeah. Ugh. I wish and I could realize, it. Honestly. I know. I know. And you and I, it always boggles me as like how close we were to them some like Hermione leaving. Leaving. Yeah. I know. Wow, that would have forgot destroyed about that. everything. Yeah. That was after this yeah. movie. After this one. She was like, I think I'm done. Yeah. I mean it consumed their lives. All Ooh. it is is years and years and years, their entire childhood, like, gone. They're just filming. Yeah, but they're filthy effing rich. So yes. I'm like, yeah. Do I mean, I didn't say I felt sorry for them. I was just <laughs> saying it's a lot. You can yeah. understand it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Plot point number three. Harry has been having strange dreams wandering the halls of the Department of Mysteries in search of some sort of weapon all school year. One night, however, he has a particularly vivid one. Harry himself is attacking, biting repeatedly, a very real Mr. Weasley in the Hall of Prophecy. That was creepy. Like, that whole mm-hmm. scene is just horrific. Yeah. And, and, and Mr. Weasley. Yeah, and you can see him so terrified of Harry. Mm-hmm. Even though it's not Harry, but I think that's one of the most horrific scenes in this one. Like, darkest. Yeah, for sure. It's really I dark. Did, I did see an interview with J.K. Rowling, and she was saying that originally in the novel, she had him die in that scene, but she just, like, yeah, couldn't I've go through that. with it. She's mm-hmm. like, he's such a beloved character. Like, I can't. <laughs> she nah. couldn't do it. How crazy... It- would that have been if we got two deaths, two huge deaths in this movie? <sighs> that would have been crazy. Would, yeah, would have yeah, been. And I don't know, like, would do you think if he died, it would have taken away from Sirius? Like, it wouldn't be as impactful because, oh, there's a second death. You know, they're both gone. Mm-hmm. I think it would have mm-hmm. almost made it, like, more so because, like, first you lose Arthur and you're already, like, grieving Arthur and you're like, oh, my God, like, I can't believe he died. Like, he was such an innocent person. Like, everything he d- did was for the best. Mm-hmm. And then and then Sirius dies. Like, and now we lose Sirius. Like, it almost would have made it, like, more meaningful. Double. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm trying – I'm, like, thinking of, like, all the characters that we lose later – and I don't really think like it matters when they die. Like I think killing like she does such a good job of like building the character of these people that mm-hmm. like when you lose them, you're like you like Their really deaths feel it. All mm. matter. Yeah. Yeah. All impactful. Mm-hmm. Yep. So this event starts Harry and Snape beginning occlumency lessons, mm. which is a whole nother like thread in the movie. Is that, that not like I, torture? <laughs> I like, yeah. couldn't figure out what exactly was going on. Semi torture. <laughs> no, so <laughs> it does look pretty torturous, like having yeah. somebody you literally hate <laughs> knowing the inner workings of your mind. 
but and then do it the back purpose, to you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the purpose is that Harry's supposed to be like practicing shielding his mind. So Snape's mm. supposed to be like going in, and Harry's supposed to be like trying to prevent him from getting into his mind. But this is Harry's Bella moment. Mm. Hmm. Clearly, it doesn't go so well. Nope. All for Snape. No. No. He's like, get out. And then we get the like beginnings of um, Harry seeing some of like Snape's childhood and his interactions Mm. with the Marauders. Mm -hmm. Mm. Which I think begins, that starts your trend of you feeling sorry for Snape. Like just Mm -hmm. that small bit, you feel like, okay, there's more. There's a little bit, obviously for someone who hasn't read the full books, you start going, okay, there's a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But you still hate him because he's being such a dick to Harry during these lessons where he's supposed to be yeah. helping him, you know? He doesn't know how yeah. not to be. I think that's just his disposition. Yeah. He's like, well, I, I still haven't he... got my job as a dark arts teacher. So I'm going <laughs> to take it out on you. And running around telling everyone about it. Yeah. That moment yeah. was so <sighs> funny. <laughs> isn't, it tr- isn't it true that you were unsuccessful? Obviously. obviously. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> yes. And then when she like measures Flitwick's height. How rude. <laughs> How rude. <laughs> Who does that? <laughs> I know. God. Very bad. Oh. Terrible. Oh. Okay. Plot point number four. During the OWL exams, Fred and George Weasley make their great escape from Hogwarts. Right after their tremendous show, Harry ends up with a show of his own, behind his own eyes, another vision, and this time, it's serious, and he's in trouble. Mm. So they show, like, Hermione being like, do you think this is what Voldemort wanted you to see? And Harry's like, no, like, it doesn't matter, like, I have to go. Mm. Did y'all feel tricked? Like, do you feel like Harry should have fallen for this? Almost. Like, almost like he, he could have, like, because the type of vision yeah. after, especially after um, with Mr. Weasley, like, it's almost like he could have. Yeah, that's a really good point. Like, you would go, oh, yeah, yep, that that's a legit vision I need. Yeah, 100% that's true. Mm-hmm. Um. But then, yeah, then Hermione drops that nugget. It's like, we, you know, is Voldemort showing you these by choice? And you're like, uh... yeah. I, I kind of felt like even if Harry knew that it wasn't real, like if there was any chance that it was a little bit real, he was gonna go. Done. Because serious. Yeah. 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 That's a good point. So, I mean, you get the foreshadowing with Hermione, but then so it's like not as shocking when the Death Eaters show up because you're like, oh, well, you know, they kind of were halfway expecting this, but yeah. Mm -hmm. But anything to do with Sirius, he just drop and go, drop and go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I would. He is like ride or die. You got to keep him alive. He's your ride or die. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, one of them was, one of that sentence is true. 
Oh no. Oh, <laughs> shit. No. Oh Liz. Oh no. Sorry. <laughs> Sad. <laughs> so then we get the sequence where they like trick Umbridge. They take her into the Forbidden Forest. She calls the centaurs half breeds with near human intelligence. That's a bad move. Yeah. Yeah. Is she trying to like alienate an look. entire species? That is capable of killing her. Like, what was the point of that? Stomping her out yeah. right there. Like, how stupid. How but dumb. How satisfying was <laughs> that? Have though, been? Watching it. How satisfying <laughs> was it when you're watching that going, yeah, you got what you deserved. You yeah, you deserved toad. this. Yeah, oh. you toad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I I love her arc in this movie. Like it just makes that moment so powerful. For someone who's just you know, only just introduced as one movie, she did so much. Yeah, she's a huge character in this movie. Yes, wildly influential. Mm. Yeah, more so than like any other of the big like character additions per each movie, right? Because every single movie you get somebody different who's like a villain right and this one is so it's so she's so different but she's so like just something about her it's like this is just there's so much other stuff going on right now like this is just not what we need you know yeah Voldemort's back yeah we have this pink toe of a woman yeah Um, working against everything yeah But like even the rest of the villains, like besides Voldemort, like she, they don't have as much as a big impact because you're like, oh, you know, she, they're obviously working Voldemort, they're just doing this, but she seems to carry a little bit more weight. Maybe because she was more directly like torturing the kids. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. And affecting their like day to day lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When Hogwarts no is meant reason. to be a safe haven, even though mm-hmm. for a school it's not safe at all. Not in any single one of the movies. No. <laughs> it's interesting, no. too, because it's almost like political commentary in a way, because she's, like, supposed to represent, like, the Very ministry, right? Mm. Like, getting involved I, in school. She would yeah, vote for Yeah, I made a note that that's very Big Brother. Like, it feels very, yeah. like, 1984. Like, you get this feeling of, like, why they're just, like, trying to be in control. Yeah. Which is kind of wild, because I feel like... Hogwarts is kind of like a place where there's literally no rules and they have like no regard for the children's safety. So it kind of makes sense for the ministry to come in and be like, maybe this needs to be reined in a little bit. But it's just like there's in the Harry Potter world, there's no like middle ground. There's either like the way Dumbledore does it where it's loose or the way the ministry does it where it's like umbrage. <laughs> There's no it's like no more Weasley products. Like why yeah. is that a rule at the school? <laughs> yeah. Why's the thing? Well, and, uh, and that's right. Like in a school where there's a forbidden forest that has all kinds of stuff around, teachers can <laughs> some of the teachers are corrupt or or a dick or hate the children. Even oh, the groundskeeper hates the children. And you the, <laughs> and Hagrid's got no. all kinds of beasts, behind, you know, that he's him. hiding, hiding, yeah, <laughs> hiding. Yet, yeah, don't worry, your kids are safe. They're yeah, taught well here at Hogwarts. <laughs> Listen, I made this note at the beginning that like 
all these crazy things are going on, but everyone's still sending their kids to Hogwarts. Like, <laughs> even if there was a rumor that the Dark Lord was back, like, I would be like, no way. Like, you're staying home this semester. Like, that's insane. Mm. Insane. Don't forget, there's no safer place than Hogwarts. Yeah. Well, then the rest of the world's pretty bad <laughs> off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's like, oh, the Dark Lord's going to return. Oh, don't worry. You have fun. Don't forget to get A's and B's. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure that'll be fine. Don't worry. <laughs> we'll see when you come back. You won't be targeted at all. There's no way. There's no, no. way. And it's nothing to do with how everything happened with the Goal of the Fire, the tournament, <laughs> everything got leashed with the kid dying. Uh-huh. Nothing to do with the giant snake. Nothing to do with the teacher that had the two face on his back and the fourth stone. Like, <laughs> You will be fine. <laughs> and then the this. ministry gets involved and literally the children are like getting corporal punishment. Like yeah. so bad. On? So bad. Yeah. Might as well send them to Azkaban at that point. Yeah. Wow. It's like, oh, why got scars in your arm? Oh, because the teacher made us. Oh, just a normal day. <laughs> the safest place yeah. in the wizarding world. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god okay plot point number five harry ron hermione neville luna and Ginny all arrive at the ministry of magic via thestral ride they maneuver their way into the place that harry has been dreaming about for months the department of mysteries they run through the hall of prophecy a room full as the eye can see with shelves upon shelf of white glowing orbs neville sees one with harry's name on it so Harry, curious, retrieves the prophecy. That whole room is cool. Dark mm-hmm. and when they're all going through it and very creepy. Very creepy when they're going Why through it. Why do they the- have that? Why does the Ministry of Magic have that? That's a mystery. That's what I think it is well. Like, why do we why do you have a giant room full of prophecies? And why is it at the ministry? Like this yeah. seems like something more that would be in a cave or somewhere completely set in a off. Cave. No, but it's like, like nobody's business. Yeah. What my prophecy is. So, like, why are you keeping it like on file? Yeah, that's why. Does the government have this on file? <laughs> yeah, it's very strange. Yeah. Oh, we know yeah, what you're going to do. Really know. Yeah, <laughs> we know, but you can't know. We're keeping yeah. that from you. Yeah, just so you know. <laughs> well, I think Harry's the only one who can pick it up because it's about yeah. him. Yeah, that's the but thing. But why do they have it in the first place? And would that mean they have thousands upon millions of every person? Yes. Yes. Looks like they had a lot of prophecies in there. There was quite a yeah. few in there. Yeah. A lot. I don't know who's saying them because it's not Trelawney. She's only given two. I know. I was expecting yeah. her to be the one that was speaking Harry's. They, that was like Ooh. a missed opportunity. It was her voice. It was Emma Thompson's voice. Also, they shouldn't have... like it. It's such a plot hole that they read it there in front of Harry. That's super weird. It's supposed to get destroyed and never read to Harry there, but it's fine. Oh. Well, how are they going to figure it's it fun. out if if Harry didn't get to hear it? So mm. Trelawney says the prophecy. She like says it the first time to Dumbledore. So you know that scene like at the very end when Dumbledore talks with Harry, like that's when you're supposed to hear it. They're supposed to go in the pensive and see it happen. Mm, that would have been cooler yeah yeah it would have been cooler and they could have spent some time like explaining it because they never really explain it just a little bit you know yeah just a little tiny bit 
just like yeah. understand that, you know, like, you know, anything, anything about it, really. <laughs> well, I feel like they it did w- say at the end, Harry was telling Dumbledore like what the prophecy said. And he's like, so that's meant to mean that like one of us has to die. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. At least they explained said, that. Like, yeah. That's at good. least we got that. Yeah, that's yeah. the and important part. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they also like made it so that Neville's the one who picks up the prophecy, which is cool because mm. that prophecy was either supposed to be about Harry or Neville. So, well, that's because, right. yeah, because Voldemort chose to go after Harry's parents, he effectively like made the prophecy about Harry. Mm. Oh, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. 50 50. But then the prophecy, yeah. (laughs) Then the prophecy gets destroyed. He should have just dropped it on the ground the second the Death Eaters showed up. He really should have. It would have been nice if, you know, the order had told him anything about this weapon that they were hiding so that when, you know, Harry's having visions about it, he kind of knows what's going on. Mm. Why would they do that? Why why they keep so much from him? It's dumb. It's very dumb. He's like. Hundred <laughs> percent. Obviously, what, he can handle it. Whatever it is. Well, uh, what's the name says? Oh, he's just a boy. I'm like, he's a teenager. You're about to go to war with a with a powerful wizard, and yeah. you're saying, oh, he doesn't need to know because he's a boy. He needs to know everything. Tell him. He literally yeah. saw someone die in the last movie, and you think he can't handle that? There's a prophecy about him. Like, come on. And just, fought Lord Voldemort himself. Yeah. Why does and he, he need to be torment. kept in the dark? It makes it's no crazy. Sense. And he just did the so torment sorry. and fought a dragon. What part of, oh, he's just a boy. He's not a boy anymore. He ain't no boy anymore. I hate to tell you, no. yeah. yeah. <laughs> he grew up real quick. <laughs> the Hall of Prophecy things. scene, though, <laughs> very cool. I like how, like, all the orbs start to fall over. Yeah. Wild. Is that a defense mechanism or is that just because Ginny was like haphazard with her spell? It's supposed to be a defense mechanism. Okay. Oh, I think it's Ginny effed up. Nah. Yeah, I, no. I knew it was one or the other. Somehow, I can't remember how. Maybe it's like their DA coins or something, but Harry tells them all like like destroy the orbs. And then like when he, you know how he says like go and they all like stupefy the Death Eaters. Mm-hmm. Like I think it's supposed to be like they all attack the orbs then the orbs start falling which oh. that would have been really oh. sick if they had that done that made a honestly lot more sense. yeah the death eaters wouldn't have been able to get away if that's what they did no yeah they would have been like stuck there under the glass orbs they would have been dead that would have been <laughs> so cool if they had done that better option. but still the scene was very cool and yeah. that whole sequence of fighting was really neat because we haven't seen anything quite like this up until this point like a true like battle of a ton of wizards going back and forth no which that whole scene is great and sad at the same time yeah oh we'll get to the sad part here with plot point number six <laughs> so oh th- i know <laughs> guess what it for? is <laughs> it's the ending a thrilling battle between the kids and death eaters ensues ending up in the death chamber room a sloping room where a stone-crumbling arched veil sits upon a raised dais. Several members of the Order arrive to help, including Tonks, Lupin, Moody, and Sirius. 
Harry and Sirius end up fighting side by side. Sirius, proud of Harry for a spell, yells, Good one, James! But these are Sirius's last words in the film. For Bellatrix mm-hmm. Lestrange shouts the killing curse, and Sirius falls into the archway behind the veil. Mm. Which I didn't even notice until I think the third time I watched this film. I was like, oh, he does say James. Oh, yeah. And that's like never addressed. No, Harry doesn't it say anything either. He's like, on from him. <laughs> yeah. And I actually, that's an added line. And it's actually a really cool line because I think it really, really shows like that relationship that Harry and Sirius have in the film. And how now much it's more he's like, like his father. Yeah, his father, his brother, like his only family, you know? Mm. Oh my gosh, I'm getting emotional just thinking about <laughs> it. I can't believe he dies. I can't believe that yeah. like he gets killed off like this early, you know? Like Harry never even gets to live with him. Yeah, but he does get a lot from him in that short time. Like Harry mm. gets to feel loved again and that's yeah, that's what that's, he needed. I have to say that moment in the film is so well done. The score, mm. like the moment where like they're fighting with Lucius and then Bellatrix just like appears and kills him. Like it's so shocking. Like mm-hmm. I I got like really emotional watching it. Aww. Yeah. And how they it goes like silent and all you hear is the music yeah. Yeah. as just Lupin's holding Harry. Yeah. Dead silent. I was I wasn't expecting it when I first saw it. I was I was more like, come on, really? Like yeah. you've got to go, you know, you're going to live with him. You're going to do this. Mm-hmm. and uh, had- Even the other Death Eaters that were around were taken aback by what happened. Yeah. Like everyone like, kind of stops what they're doing. She's crazy. She's a psycho. <laughs> yeah. She's a major psycho. Mm-hmm. She just gets yeah. worse too. <laughs> but it really ups the ante does. for the series, like the series too. Like, mm-hmm. oh shit. Like that, that, up until that point, it's kind of been like all talk that like, these like the time before was like so dangerous but now it's Mm -hmm. like no like people are gonna die like this is like a big deal Mm. how quickly someone could just die like yeah they have all the they know all the curses just gone forever that's it and i will admit the how satisfying it was for sirius black to punch lucius Mm -hmm. (laughs) like yeah yeah and then, uh, yeah, short-lived. Very, and yeah. then he just faded away, too, just into a ghost. Yeah, into the veil. Mm. Which, yeah, yeah, that was. I I really think they did a good job with that scene. Like, mm. I just think it's really powerful. It's. Just one of the saddest scenes and then I have all of the Harry Potter films. You're like, mm-hmm. God damn. Iconic death for sure. Mm. Yeah. I'm trying to decide if that moment is more sad or if the Cedric like being brought back with the cup is more sad. Uh, I get well we there isn't get as much time with Cedric. No. And you didn't have someone yelling going, My boy! My boy! Oh my god! Didn't have that. <laughs> what you're saying that was distracting? No, no, no. <laughs> From your emotions, <laughs> or it was elevating it. <laughs> elevating it. 
elevating it. Okay. Uh, that was more of a like a more of like a big shock where this was this is very much like oh mm-hmm. yeah and it fell in the silence of the music or sorry silence yeah. in the scene yeah good filmmaking right there mm. okay plot point number seven harry follows bellatrix out into the atrium and shortly after dumbledore arrives The best display of magics in the films yet occurs, in my personal opinion, a magnificent battle between Voldemort and Dumbledore. Voldemort, in an attempt to trick Dumbledore into killing Harry, possesses him, only to realize that the love Harry feels is more than he can handle, for Voldemort has never known such an emotion and never will. Because he's quite dead inside. Quite. Mm -hmm. He doesn't deserve love. No. No. No, and I okay, so, fully agree with you with that is such a good scene of um, display of magic. And it's one oh, of the big yeah. things that you wait for too because you're like Voldemort versus Dumbledore. Like it builds up to this point. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's huge. And like they do some really cool stuff like the water orb where Voldemort is like in the orb mm. of water and then he like blasts out of it. And then you've got like all the shards of glass going at Dumbledore and he like turns them all into sand. Mm. So cool. You're being creative. Very, Very creative. creative. What did y'all think of the possession of Harry? Magnificent. Daniel Radcliffe mm. is like top notch for that scene. He was he so good. He did really good. Uh, yeah. He I did agree. really displaying both sides. And then we also get the montage of like all these like moments from the film right like and harry thinking about from the whole series up into this point Mm. yeah and like all of his relationships and stuff like that was so powerful and i thought it was good i liked it (laughs) (laughs) it was how how fun but they've all come and still had so much still to go at that point Mm -hmm. um yeah no daniel radcliffe is yeah, everybody's like, oh, he's just Harry Potter, but like, he's he really has got really good acting chops. Yes, everything he does. he's done, everything he's done after Harry Potter as well. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, he really shines in this movie. He begins to shine a lot in this mm. movie, I think. Well, he's the only one who's actually kind of kept going too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What I think is interesting about Dan in this movie is that he has to do so much acting like on his own. Like in this moment with the possession and then like all the like sleeping and dreaming and like like all of that is very much like him, right? Like he's carrying the weight of all of those moments and like how bad these movies would be like if he wasn't like the incredible actor that he is. Mm. Well, so much was so much was riding on him. Like you like the weight, the fact that there's you have a massive franchise on your hands and you are the center of attention well you are the main character and you've been doing this since he is harry potter <laughs> yeah yeah like you, like you are the main so you have to you have to meet that bar and he did it mm-hmm. especially for this one yeah i agree um, let's talk about that the think, movie yeah yeah he's dan is so good from when he's 11 years old to all the way through the end of it. 
So in the end of the movie, we get Harry chatting with Dumbledore in his office. They have just like a normal proper chat. Um, I think this movie feels like a Harry Potter movie ending. Like it kind of is like a little bit of a like wholesome feel in like a weird way. I think yeah. they went cheesy with it a little bit. Not going to lie. A little too cheesy. Okay. Too cheesy. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. Like <laughs> when they're going to leave and he's like, I realized I've got something that Voldemort will never have. Something worth fighting for. And then they just walk away and you're like, okay. It's like a little bit cheesy. Yeah. And then yeah. they have the like scene at the end where they just like pan up and it's like the landscape with the castle in the background yeah. and you're like, this was not a happy ending to the like. This was not a happy ending to like, the story died. was not happy at the end. Yeah, and you're like showing this landscape like nothing bad's ever gonna happen again. I don't yeah. know. It didn't yeah. do it for me. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's interesting that you say that because like they added that whole thread to this movie to like make it make sense, and so like you said, it kind of made it almost like you think it went too far. Yeah. Always, yeah, they were too yeah. literal with it. Like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, always too. Yeah, almost like two of like, oh, everything will be fine. But at that mm-hmm. point, everyone who's read the books, I'm like, no, this gets a no. lot worse. <laughs> yes. Way worse. It always gets worse before it gets better. Yeah. Um, if you think you know, you don't know. <laughs> no. And I don't think even at that point they even announced that the last two films were going to be split up either. So the film does end, well, does end on a semi-happy note, but at the same time it's like, mm-hmm. well, um, what's not going to attack by the snake and is in serious pain? You've just lost your only family member. But don't you worry. You have family, the power of friendship, buddy. <laughs> Yeah. You got something worth fighting for, sir. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Dumbledore will never lie right? to you again. <laughs> <sighs> At least Voldemort won't try to possess him again because I hated that. No. No. <laughs> okay. So I think that concludes everything that I had to talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, Liz, Lee, is there anything that uh, we missed that you wanted to discuss? Uh no, I think we I think we covered everything uh from top to bottom and overall I would say that this film is one of the strongest out of all the films and is probably one of the ones I go to back to the most to watch between like this Goblin of Fire, Prisoner of Azkaban, and obviously Deathly Hallows. Okay, okay. We'll get your rating here in a minute. But before, Liz, did you have anything else you wanted to discuss? Yeah. So we had a little debate, um, I think, when we were talking about the second movie on whether or not they ever gave Seamus a name in the films. And they did. They call him Seamus (laughs) in this movie. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) I'm glad that they do. (laughs) And he's another dick, too. I was like, oh, my mother said... Do you read everything in the newspaper, buddy, and think it's true? <laughs> I don't give a shit what your mum says. Yeah. Oh, my God. 
Yeah, I just wanted to set that straight for all of you Thank that are you. listening to this, like in order. He Thank does you. ten points to Gryffindor for Seamus uh, having a name. Tick. Yeet. <laughs> also, I'm pretty sure that McGonagall gives fifty points to every character at the end of the book, and. So just well, for didn't happen fun. in the movie, so we're not doing that. Just can't. Well, I was gonna say we could give fifty <laughs> points to Luna, who is a Ravenclaw, because this is her okay. big movie. Mm, all right, yeah. Quite a few points for Ravenclaw. They have been the underdogs this entire time. I think it's well, time they get some points. When they overcome your <laughs> beloved Gryffindor, you are to blame. It's rigged anyway. I don't even care. It'll be like the first movie, and we'll just like pull a win at the last second. Oh my God. You know? We'll see about that. That's right. We'll, see. Yeah. I, we'll let the people decide. <laughs> for all attendance, Gryffindor gets an extra 100 points. You better add it, Liz. I already did. <laughs> I already did. <laughs> okay. So we have some guest questions. We already talked about um, favorite piece of magic with the film a bit. So what I will ask is, Lee and Liz, who were your favorite characters in this film? Luna. She's Ooh. a good one. I, I do really enjoy Luna as well. Besides all the main yeah, characters, I like she was my favorite, um, which is why I still ship her and Harry uh, to this day. Um, but I thought you got to get that going. We'll have to ask yeah. the people what they think. Yeah, who do Maybe you that ship? That could be our question for the Q and A for this episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just I thought that, she okay. was a bit more switched on than the other characters, and like she had more like you know with the um. No, the carriages and she mm-hmm. was really there for harry and I'm like nah you're probably my unsung hero for the film mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. yeah that's a good answer i gotta stick with my boy ron fair <laughs> he did some great things in this movie i love him and i've just got to give him love because i feel like every time i turn around somebody's making fun of him so ron if you're out there i love you <laughs> i think Sirius might be my favorite character in this movie. Oh yeah, because he drives like a lot of the emotional plot, and I also like Bellatrix. I think she's so mm. good in this movie. She is really good. The mm. laugh, like we said before, but the laugh. With them both. Mm. I know. Okay, I think it's time to rate the movie. So, mm-hmm. Lee, we're gonna let you rate the movie first, and as a reminder, we rate all of our movies through Letterboxd. Zero to five stars with half star increments. I give I give it four stars. Four and a half stars. Nice. Uh, That's pretty good. I think I think this one didn't slow down. It goes for beat for beat. The CGI is good. Um, the acting's good. Uh, and it keeps really makes you when you um really makes you at the end like at the end, you want to know what's going to happen. Still going to happen next with everything going on, mm-hmm. but I definitely don't think it's the, anywhere near this is one of the lull films from the franchise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Respectable. Liz? I also give this one four out of five stars. Kind of echo a lot of what you said, Lee. Um, yeah. There was, it was, there was a lot going on, and there were some really good scenes, but overall I just felt like 
it wasn't it wasn't as exciting as some of the other movies okay i am going to also give this movie four stars however wow that wow. is the first four, four. time that we've had like a Three unanimous stars. decision <laughs> yeah however i'm going to say if the okay. hbo series has this same plot it will get like a one star from me. I will mm. only accept it in this the fact that this is a movie and they got to make some changes or whatever. But that HBO series better be <laughs> to the T for the book because mm. there's so much subplot that is like so good that they will have the time to include. Mm-hmm. How, how do you feel about that show? How do you feel that Harry Potter is getting rebooted? We've discussed this. I <laughs> I don't know. I just think that the pressure is really high because they're oh, rebooting yeah. it. Like it has to be like good, mm. you know, because they already have such a good franchise. Like it just – they better be – it has to be better, you know? Yeah. Like why would they remake mm-hmm. it if it's not better? Mm-hmm. True. Money. Yeah, but yeah. whatever. That, that would make me mad. okay so something we've been doing recently is kind of polling our followers on instagram and just asking what they thought of the movie so i have three here three write-ins that we're gonna talk about um the first one is from lewis from movie of the day and he was just on our last episode so shout out lewis he said A great installment, but Umbridge could go fall in a well. (laughs) Agreed. (laughs) Hello, (laughs) ma'am. The next one is from Film vs. Film Podcast. And Martin said, probably has the coolest wizard battle with Dumbledore versus Voldemort Mm. staying on brand. Yeah, agreed. Very nice, Martin. And then the last one, because I've included his in the last few, so I feel like maybe I'll just keep including them, is from my husband, and he likes to say funny things in our write-ins, and so I'm just going to call him out here. He said, more like the disorder of the phoenix. (laughs) (laughs) True. They So much goes wrong that could have been avoided. Mm -hmm. Mm. Yep. True. Okay. Another thing we do is we see what the world has to say and we take some ratings from some of the popular rating sites and share them. So the letterboxed average is a 3.6 out of 5. For Rotten Tomatoes, the critics' tomato meter is 78% and the audience score is 81%. IMDb gave it a 7.5 and 89% of Google users liked the movie. Interesting that the like critic score and the audience score for Rotten Tomatoes are like right on par with each other at seventy eight mm. and eighty one percent. It was just so rare. Usually, it's yeah, so skew if. Yeah, yeah, we've discussed. We think the tomato meter is kind of bogus, but yeah, yeah, mm, whatever. It's fine. Okay, it's time to check into our B Critics Hogwarts House tournament. We've had a lot of points moving this episode. Mm-hmm. Lee, if Lee, you didn't catch actually... on, we were been we've been like adding and taking points away throughout the episode. <laughs> yeah, I noticed. Yeah, <laughs> I think somehow it's 
pretty subjective, which I think Liz is just like frivolously adding points. But whenever I think about it, (laughs) I've decided that it's fine because if you think about it, the actual like house point system in the series is like pretty subjective. Like the teachers just like flinging out points however they please. So with that, we do have another house, a new house on top this week this time so oh, things have oh my oh my gosh <laughs> your your reaction to that we also so have the- a new bottom house so we had two like big big changes happened this Swap. episode things are moving okay in fourth place we have Slytherin house with 135 points mm-hmm. in Third place, somehow moving up in the ranks, we've got Ravenclaw with 190 (laughs) points. In second place, we have Hufflepuff with 245 Mm -hmm. points. And miraculously, in first place for the first time, we have Gryffindor House with 315 (laughs) points, a clear winner. Yay! But it's not over yet. We still have many more movies to go. (laughs) Yes, we still have more movies to go. And also, for you listening at home, if you are really into the Be Critics Hogwarts House Tournament and want to make sure that your house wins, be sure to comment on this episode on YouTube telling us which house you're in. You can comment one time per episode and don't try to cheat because we will know if you do. Yep. And we'll take Each points com- away. Yeah. Each <laughs> comment gives you five points. So definitely don't yep. cheat. We'll detect the points and we will know. <laughs> okay. So I think that concludes our episode. So with that, Lee, we are going to say goodbye to you. So we'll give you a chance here to plug all of your stuff and tell the people where to find you. Uh, well, look, I want to say thank you so much for having me. This has been an absolute blast, and mm-hmm. I can't wait to uh, chance to ever do this again or get you on my show, which is on all yes. your, your local <laughs> podcasts. Yes, please. Uh, YouTube, Instagram, <laughs> where you get your social media and your podcasts under Lights, Camera, Rant, and which new episodes come out every Tuesday. Yeah, yeah you can watch yeah. our episodes on Monday and then go catch Lee's on Tuesday. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Y'all definitely go check out Lights Camera Rant and Lee. Thank you so much for coming on. It was a pleasure. Yeah, this is such you. a blast. Bye, Anytime. Lee. <laughs> See ya. Bye. And bye, B Critics fam. Thanks for tuning in to our Harry Potter and the Order of Phoenix episode. Leave us a rating or review, drop us a comment on YouTube, and leave us an answer to our poll and QA section on Spotify. And you can find more information about the podcast and our whole podography on our website, becritics.com, or you can find links to all the things on our link tree in the episode show notes below. Next week, we are discussing a movie, and I bet you couldn't have guessed it, but it is Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. So stay tuned for that. (laughs) It's my favorite book, so it's going to be a a whirlwind of a discussion. Be sure (laughs) to subscribe and follow so you don't miss it. You can find us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. All right, that is it for this episode. We will see y'all on the next one. Bye, guys.